I'm going to teach you a tool in the next 30 minutes that will help you sell more houses in less time while creating an amazing life. That's it. It's one simple sentence. That's what pretty much my entire world revolves around these days. Agent Power Huddle is a daily jumpstart, giving you all the tools you need to create an amazing real estate career. Led by top experts in the field, you'll learn how to sell more houses in less time while creating the life you want. Welcome to the Agent Power Huddle. Good morning, guys. Happy Tuesday. How are you feeling? Am I the only one that likes EDM dance music at like eight in the morning? I don't know. I'm a classic rock guy. I like rock, but also like Autumn puts on some jams. I'm like, I like it. Like I'm, anyway, no, it's me and Miles are the only people. Everyone else is like, no, not my thing. Hey, thumbs up. Who, who's like, I like the jams. Jason, Jason says he loves it. All right. Thank loved you. Jason. Thank you. Jen Hill says she likes it. All right, cool. Just check it. The rest of you guys, turn some cameras on. Come on. I'm lonely. I got John Finley here with me, Danny in Denver, Larry Travis, all right, Becky, Yukiko, Gabe. Gabe's got his camera on. Gabe's always like walking around showing property, all right? Gabe's like, Gabe's like the working, the hardest working agent in showbiz. All right, let's do this. So what's up, buddy? <laughs> Tuesday morning. I just, I'm just stalling because I, I, want, I want people to be here and turn the camera because I'm super excited about this morning. I'm going to go a little different for Tactical Tuesday today. I'm going to say a sentence that I say a lot, but I want to make sure you really hear it. I'm going to teach you a tool in the next 30 minutes that will help you sell more houses in less time while creating an amazing life. That's it. It's one simple sentence. That's what pretty much my entire world revolves around these days. How do you sell more houses in less time while creating? Hi, how are you? I'm on Gabe. I got to mute you up, buddy. There you go. He's on mute now. Otherwise, we're going to let Gabe, Gabe host this one. Cool. Actually, Gabe can't host one of these simply. All right. Everyone looks so serious, though. Are we not excited? Who, who likes leverage? Let's start this way. Raise your hand if you like leverage. Awesome. We're going to start with a really short discussion of leverage. And from there, we're going to go into some specific steps that you can take. And we're going to, this is for anyone, if, if you're a, an agent on a team, this will apply for you. If you're a team leader, this agent will apply to you. If you are a solo agent, this will apply to you. We're going to give you very specific tactical case-by-case scenarios that you can use to start to apply this in your world. Even if you've been through a discussion on leverage before, there probably are places that you are still missing it in your life. Has anyone ever read the book, The 4-Hour Workweek? Am I the only one, two, three of you? Okay. This is not a discussion of The 4-Hour Workweek, but if you know what that book is, it's all about basically how do you take a 40-hour week and break it down to four hours? That's this whole concept, right? You change your life if you can figure out how to work more efficiently and you can do a lot more by doing less. So we're going to go over a case for leverage and I made a PowerPoint for you in the last four minutes. Anyone ever made a PowerPoint in four minutes? It's really fun. All right, here's our PowerPoint, ready? This is a case for leverage. And you might understand this concept under a different name as we get to it, I'll tell you how I was taught it, but I could never remember the original words. It was four words and I could never remember them. So uh, me and Zach played around with it yesterday and we came up with case, a case for leverage because it's a lot easier to remember. So there are three ways to leverage. Some of you have heard me say this many times. If you haven't, I want you to write this down. And even if you've heard me say it, write it down anyway. I created a little acronym for this also. PST dollar sign. Write down PST dollar sign. PST dollar sign. Okay. This is, there's three ways to leverage. PST dollar sign. This is 
uh, my own crazy acronym. Those of you from the West Coast, how many people on the West Side? Anyone on the West Side up here? Do this. Flash, flash your West Side sign. No? Nobody? A couple of you? All right. They're like, what? If you're from the East Coast, it's cool. We, we still love you. But those of you on the West Coast, you always remember this PST dollar sign, like Pacific Standard Time dollar sign. Three ways to leverage. Okay, write this down. You can leverage through people. You can leverage through systems. And you can leverage through technology. For those of you who are visual people, driving, don't have a pen, take a screenshot of this. People, systems, and technology. And then the multiplier, that's where the dollar sign comes in. The multiplier is money. So if you've been through a discussion of this with me today, this is just kind of getting you up to speed. I'm going to go deeper on something else. I just wanted you to have this as a framework. So in about... My agent power huddle that I look every day at 10 o'clock. There you go. Sorry, Lauren, put down mute. If anybody has something, does anyone want to, speaking of Laura... Would anyone like to explain the ways to leverage the people? Let's see if you guys are getting this. How many of you guys have heard me say this before? People, system, technology. Anybody? A couple of you. All right. And, and if you, you want, anyone want, want to take a swing, how do you leverage the people? What does that mean? Who knows? You get an assistant. Yeah, getting an assistant is a really good example of leverage through people. Although I will say, I never call anyone an assistant and you'll understand why by the end of this 20 minutes because if you call someone an assistant, they're gonna act like an assistant and you want an empowered human being who's gonna go out and like make your life awesome, right? You, so you want, a, you want a partner, you want a director of operations, you want a whatever, you never, never an assistant, right? But yes, you're right, you can leverage through someone else and as an agent on a team, you could hire your own assistant Right? You could hire your own back office help, or you could leverage through literally part of the team functions. Your team already, already has a transaction coordinator. You guys have a lender. You have other people that you're leveraging through your time through. Does this make sense? If you're a solo agent, I sure hope you have support in your back office. If you don't, that's like step one we got to talk about is how to find some help. Number two, systems. Larry or someone else has heard this. What's the difference between systems and technology? Anyone know? All right. I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you. System. No. So a system is something that's repeatable and uh, it's something that's done, you know, on and on and it can be shown to other people who can step in and take over for you um, versus technology is an automated process where, you know, machines are doing it for you. But a system is a step-by-step -step directions um, and process for a, um, a procedure. That's it. I love it. Thank you, Larry. So I give this example of flying on a plane. I can't believe I haven't done this with you guys yet. Have you never heard my example of flying on a plane and systems? Have we never done this? It's like my favorite thing to do. All right. If you're not driving, close your eyes. Terry, keep your eyes open. Everybody else, close your eyes if you're not driving, okay? I want you to be safe. Jason Thorman, keep your eyes open. Anybody, anybody who's driving, eyes open, 100%, unless you're on autopilot and then still eyes open. Everyone else, close your eyes. You get on an airplane. You get on an airplane and the captain goes in his suavest captain voice and he says, good morning. Welcome to Southwest Airlines Flight 456. We have a cruising altitude of 20,000 feet. We've gone through a 117-point checklist to ensure the plane is safe, secure. We checked the wings, the landing gear. We checked every system up and back, back and forth and sideways. We're ready for liftoff, push back, sit back, and enjoy. Two-hour cruising destination to wherever we're going. All right, open your eyes. You're feeling okay about that flight, right? Okay, the pilot kind of talks funny. He's kind of like, you know, doesn't really know about planes, kind of making stuff up, but like, you feel okay. All right, now watch. This is how some of you are operating in your life when it comes to systems. Close your eyes again. You get on the same plane. Captain goes in a suavest voice. Good morning, welcome to Southeast Airlines, flight 1251. You know, we got a two hour flight today and typically we have a 117 point checklist we do before we take off, but today I'm feeling kind of spunky. I, we just, we skip most of the checklist. We're just going to put this bad boy in the air and take her up and see what happens. I don't know, I kind of think it's fun. Let's see what happens, let's go guys. All right, sit back and enjoy. We'll see you sometime, woo! Open your eyes. How are you feeling right now? 
How many of you are hitting that call button so fast over and over again? You're like, I do not like this. I do not like this, right? You're like this, right? Raise your hand. Would you guys, you're, you're off that plane of this. You're not even staying, wait, you're, not even, you're, you're running for the door. And yet in our businesses, with our systems, this is where sometimes some of you guys don't have definitive systems. <laughs> you just kind of, sometimes we have systems that we do the same thing every time. You list a house, you do the same steps. And sometimes you do things where you meet a buyer, you do six different things, six different ways sideways. That's what I'm talking about for systems. Duplicatable systems bring duplicatable results. Write that down. Duplicatable systems bring duplicatable results. Duplicatable systems bring duplicatable results. So we've got leverage through people, leverage through systems. And the last one, right, is that technology piece. So right now, the difference between a system and a technology is we're on Zoom. This is technology. How many of you live in a state or a city different than San Diego? Raise your hand if you, raise your hand if you live somewhere other than San Diego. Okay, almost everybody on the first page here. I would have a really hard time talking to all of you and seeing you face to face like we are right now, right? Everybody wave your hands, go, hi, right? Like we could do a, an audio call, which is kind of technology, but like, isn't Zoom rad? We're able to hang out and connect in a pretty meaningful way on a daily basis. That's leveraging technology. That's leverage. It's saving me hours and hours of time to be on a plane with a crazy pilot, right? To fly around your cities to see you. We can hang out this way. So money is the multiplier because if you have money, it helps to find good people. It helps to create better systems because the people can create the systems. It helps to buy better technology. Like money just makes it all go faster. You don't need money. You can do it with zero budget, but that's the three ways to leverage. Any questions on that before I dive in? That's the basic kind of background you need before we do a case for leverage. You guys got this? We're good? All right, so check this out. Here's what a case for leverage is. Has anyone ever heard and I have to write it down because it's, it's been on my calendar for literally like four years straight. My buddy Long Doan out of Minnesota is the one who taught me this. And he got it from, I started Googling it the other day. It's been in like 17 different management leadership books forever. How many of you guys have heard eliminate, simplify, automate, delegate? Anyone ever heard that? Raise your hand. How many of you can remember that on a regular basis and in the right order? I could never remember. It literally has been on my calendar as a recurring document, a recurring task at three in the morning. So every day it pops up and I look at it and it says eliminate, simplify, automate, delegate. And after years of looking at it, I still could never get the order straight. Do I simplify before I automate? Do I automate before I simplify? And let's walk through this and I'm going to apply it to your life and your career. And you'll see how in the next five, 10 minutes, how you'll be able to shift some things for you. There's a case for leverage. So here's what I revised it to be. Case C is for cut it down, cut it down. Okay, in the old version, it was eliminate. This is cut it down, cut it back. Get rid of the stuff you don't do. I'll tell you what each one is and then we'll break it down. A is for adjust and abbreviate, right? Adjust and abbreviate. That, that's the same thing as you're trying to simplify it. You just want to make it as simple as possible. S is systematize, systematize. So instead of the word automation, because automation combines both systems and technology. Does that make sense, guys? If I go back two slides... See right here, we got three ways to leverage, people, systems, and technology. This expression you've heard a bunch of times, these last two letters, S, systematize, this is for the systems and technology piece. And instead of delegate, I changed the last one to E, empower. And we'll spend a few minutes, Jacqueline, when you talk about an assistant, this is what I'm saying. There's a big difference between delegation and empowerment. And I know you know that. Right. And as I know, I, I know you just use that word because it's the easiest way to describe who someone's functioning is as your assistant. But truly, there's a huge mindset shift, a huge mindset shift between delegate and empowering. Go ahead, Jacqueline. You want to you jump in? <clears throat> Words have power. 
Where's the power? So choose your words wisely or you're creating your own destiny in the uh, wrong direction. hundred percent. All right. So let's, let's unpack this. And I got a, I got a message here in the chat. Let's just see if this is making sense. I like it, says Jen Hill. Perfect. All right, good. We're making sense. So C, cut it down. Step one, I want you to look at your life. I don't care what your function is. If you are an agent on a team, a team leader, if you are a grocery store bagger who just ended up on this huddle and you have no idea how you got here, I literally don't care what your functions are. I just, I want you doing things that you love on a daily basis. And if you go through this step-by-step process, you're going to figure out ways to get more efficient. So C, cut it down or cut it out. I, I had it written as cut it out, but that sounded too like, like me yelling at my kids, cut it out, right? So cut it down, right? You want to eliminate. Have, raise your hand if you already can think of one thing as you look critically at your day. Let's say you're going to set up showings for a client, that there are things you do when you go to set up showings that are a waste of time or not that productive. Raise your hand. How about outside of showings? If you have a listing, just raise your hand if, just, if you really look critically at your day. There are things that you do that probably don't produce dollars and they don't impact your clients. I guarantee there are. And if you break it down on a step-by-step level, don't look at your day as a whole. Look at each like component. Let's say, how many of you guys have buyer clients you're meeting today? Raise your hand if you have buyer clients you're meeting today. Go through the process that you do to set up those showings, right? Are there things like, do you get sidetracked when you're looking at properties? Do you go spend hours looking at each listing or do you like blow through it quickly? Is there anything you can cut out or eliminate just in that little one thing alone? When you go to write an offer, is there anything you could cut out? When you list a property, There are things in your day that you could cut out. That's number one. Once you cut out everything you can cut out, once you eliminate everything you can, the second one is A, adjust and abbreviate. Are there things that we can do to make make it easier, right? If you look critically at your day, are there things you're doing that frankly, you've kind of made a mountain out of a molehill? And can anyone share an example of what what that means? Do you guys know what I mean? Like there's something you do that you know there's an easy way to do it and yet it's gotten more and more complicated over time. I'm going to give you an example from my life or does someone got one they want to share? Because you know you guys do this. Terry's laughing. He, he's, he knows it. He doesn't want to share it. No? You want me to share one, one that I'll think of something that I do? I'll give you guys an example so you can get – I want you to get really specific and clear on this. If, it, if it's just conceptual and you're like, okay, Jesse's making sense, but like, I want you to really get through a filter of in the next 15 minutes, is there things that – like pick one system you want to make more efficient. So let's, let's start there. Let's write down, everybody, something that you want to make more efficient. Do you want to make the process of working with buyers more efficient? Do you want to make the process of listing houses more efficient? Do you want to make the process of prospecting more efficient? Let's do prospecting. How many of you guys actually prospect for a living? Raise your hand. Three of you, four of you. All right, the rest of you, I hope you do something to generate business. Does it just magically show up in your lap? Right? If you're in Krista's coaching programs, you attract people. But the, the videos you do, the marketing you put out there, that's still prospecting in a way. It's just attraction-based prospecting instead of right? So let's, let's look at, take a system. What are you doing in there? If you guys make videos, is there anything you do that you could simplify it down? Do you spend a couple hours working on a script before you actually write it? Do you re-record the video 16 times when the first take was actually okay? Do you have the video, the thing you produced, do you bounce it off four other people getting different feedback when you already knew that you were good the first time you didn't need any, you just need to trust your own judgment? Is this starting to resonate with anybody, right? How about prospecting? When you sit down to prospect, do you spend 20, 30 minutes looking through the database, trying to find the perfect people to call because your database is uh, not organized? Go ahead. I got that one for you, man. Okay. Prospecting, like spending way too long staring at the lead before you call. Like you don't need to read all the past emails and text messages that have gone back and forth. Just pick up the fucking phone. 
better said than I could have said it. There you go. Just pick up the phone. Like, and those of you who aren't prospectors, I'm not beating on your head to prospect. I know there's a million ways to make money in real estate. But if you start looking through this filter, if you truly want to sell more houses in less time, you got to get ruthless with your time. Ruthless with your time with yourself. This is where you really start to look critically at what am I doing? If you spend 10, 20 minutes looking at the leads and reading emails before you dial the number and then you dial the number and you get a voicemail, right? Oh man, it's, it, this is a habit. This is a muscle you can build this memory of. I saw a lot of you guys nod your head very, very subtly when I said get, get ruthless with your time. I'm telling you, if you get ruthless with your own time, not only does your productivity go up, but your happiness goes up. How many of you have kids or friends or family, or anyone you like in this business more than your clients. I know you love your clients, but I guarantee there are other people you love. If you get ruthless with your own time when you're working, it gives you that freedom to go spend time with people guilt-free that you love because you've already done what you need to do to make money. That making sense? So if we get ruthless, so we're going to cut down the things that are wasted. We're going to adjust and abbreviate. Adjust and abbreviate. Okay, that means we're basically we're simplifying this thing. Then we're going to systematize. This is, a, this is the word I used to know it as automation. But if you break down automation, automations, this is the one right here in the middle, we're on systematize. Automation is a combination of both systems and technology. Automation is a combination of systems and technology. How do we get you guys on Agent Power Huddle every day? Right? We use Zoom. We use Zoom. We have some, I mean, we have some systems that post messages. And we actually leverage through a human being named Zach who puts posts up in the Facebook group, the Agent Power Huddle Facebook group to, to drive you traffic there. So we use a combination of both systems, technology, and people. And that's the last case here. That's the very last one, remember? Empower. Empower. So let's use the case of Agent Power Huddle. Do I, on a daily basis, tell Zach, hey, Zach, go make a picture to talk about this topic and go post it in the group and go do it? Who thinks that I give Zach excruciating detail and make sure Zach does that stuff? No. Because Zach is a fully functioning, autonomous, independent, intelligent human being. Like Zach's rad. And so Zach is empowered, at least my hope he is. This is the conversation him and I have on a regular basis. Does he have the tools he needs to be empowered to do what he needs to do? Do you guys empower the people in your life around you to do the things you need to do? How many of you work with a transaction coordinator? Oh, Zach says you, I empower him. Good. Thanks, Zach. Okay. How many, raise your hand high if you work with a transaction coordinator. Is your transaction coordinator awesome? Do they, do you have them empowered or do you micromanage your TC? Do you dump things off to them and then still look over their shoulder every second because you don't trust them, right? Have you delegated to a TC? This is why I don't like the word delegation. For years, I said, I'm delegating stuff. I'm, I'm a good leader. I'm delegating. But then what would I do? I would look over their shoulder and micromanage every single thing they did as if I didn't even delegate it. What's the point? You got to trust the people around you. And I'm not saying have blind faith. You build that trust and you build that relationship. So we, we got 10 minutes. If you guys want to spend a few minutes talking about this, because this might be the hardest one for some of you guys, empowering the people around you, whether you're an agent on a team or a team leader or a solo agent, this is, as I've coached agents for years, this is, I think, the biggest one that people struggle with is letting go enough to empower the people around them. But I noticed Paula nodded her head. Do you, as I say this, do you feel the difference between delegate and empower? You got to train people. You got to build them up. You got to figure out the systems. But then once you empower them, there's a big difference. And how many of you have been on the other end of a non-empowered relationship? How many of you have had stuff given to you and then you've been micromanaged? Raise your hand. How well did that work out? <laughs> how much did you like that? But why do we do it to everybody else then? 
So you want to you have your mind really rocked? Check this out. If you micromanage people, like I'm a control freak. I know it. I, I admit it. If you micromanage the people around you, it's typically because you don't trust yourself. If you micromanage the people around you, if you don't trust them, it's typically because you don't trust yourself. And if anybody wants to push back right now and scream and be like, this is BS, it's crazy, I trust everybody, I trust myself, I'm really good, I know what I'm, like, it's cool. Like, I'm, I'm not calling you out, I'm just saying just consider it. Consider later, is it because there really is some sort of fear inside you where you're like, I don't know, can I really do this? Am I really good enough? Like, that, if, I can, if I can't do it, how can this human being do it, right? That's, that's the soundtrack that plays in my head when I'm honest with myself. It is. And so it's a process of learning. How do you empower people around you? So I'd like to hear some examples because we got 10 minutes and I don't want to leave you in this state of self-reflection and introspection. And like, you're like, ah, my world just collapsed in on me in the first 20 minutes of this call. This sucks, Jesse. Thanks for nothing. No, I want to make sure that you understand with some specific tools. How do we cut, how do we cut it down? How do we adjust? How do we systematize? How do we empower? Okay. So let's break through one of these. I want to see either a question or a hand or somebody. I want you to give me an example of something in your life that when we'll go through this framework, we will literally walk through right now and we will break them. We'll break this down. If you want to be brave and go through it, otherwise I'll use myself as a guinea pig. Does anyone want to walk through an area of their life that they want to improve? Preferably real estate, but I'll take anything. Travis. I love it. All right, Travis, come off mute. Let's see. I got to unmute you. There you go. All right, Travis, what area are we picking? Okay. Um, so just leveraging, um, like what we're talking about is work and family. Um, it's one thing that I have. I love it. So, so we're talking broad work and family. And are you talking about kind of the balance between work and family? Yeah. Balancing. I mean, just, uh, balancing, you know, work and family time and, and uh, being able to unplug, you know, you got kids. Yeah. How many, how many kids? I got two kids. How old? Seven and nine, two Seven girls. And nine. Awesome. And do you ever find after a work day or in the middle of a work day, you're hanging out with your seven-year-old and your nine-year-old and your brain is still going on something not related to your kids? Constantly. Constantly. All right. Anybody else feel, feel that? Right? Maybe you don't have kids. It's okay. It's not a kid thing. It's like, but when you're doing something else, your brain is still going in circles on real estate. Okay. That is normal. It's because you're human. However, it does, it's a sucky feeling because you want to be present with your kids right? All right. So let's just look at your day. Like let's just not even look like micro. Let's just look macro throughout your day. What you do all day long. What, what is something you do? I mean, in terms of, is there anything that just glaringly obvious when I say cut it out, like cut it down that you're doing that you're like, it's probably not a good use of time. Is there anything that jumps out at you? Uh, just getting off track with the perfect daily schedule, you know, looking at emails when it's not uh, time blocked, um, you know, worrying about things that, um, I shouldn't be, you know, stuff that, uh, you know, stuff that I have no control over, you know? Yeah. Which by the way, thank you for being our guinea pig and being honest. Like everyone on this call has felt like that. Right. And Jacqueline, we'll get to your opposite problem in a minute, but everyone has felt like that where it's like, how many of you have had a problem with a problem, like a file under contract that literally you cannot solve it, but yet you spend hours that day and brain power trying to like go over it in circles, right? Like that happens to all of us. Once you get stuff under contract, it's really natural. So, so Travis, and you're right on track, man. Like I appreciate you acknowledge this because once you start to acknowledge, Hey, I do get off track and I do get off my schedule back to the four hour work week. Does anyone remember the part where he talks about email? He literally stopped checking his email. He just stopped. I stopped checking my email two years ago. I just stopped. And I, I'm not saying that you guys should do this. 
team leaders on here, don't freak out. I'm, I'm not telling you people to never check email again. I promise. I'm not, and what I'm saying was for me was I made a decision in my life that I wasn't going to check email as often as possible because something in an email typically isn't that time sensitive. And if I check it a couple times a day and then I cut it down to once a day and I cut it down every few days, but, but by nature of my role was changing. I wasn't working with as many clients hands-on. When I had clients, I had to check it a couple times a day or empower someone to check my email for me, right? Or create a system. There's all sorts of things you can do in this case. So let's just use email. Email is a perfect example, Travis. So do you have any sort of filters on your email to eliminate the ones that are waste your time? Or is it more the fact that you feel compelled to check it versus actually like wasting time in your email? Um, just uh, wanting to check it as they come in, you know, like there's or something that's probably could wait that I, you know, stop what I'm doing. And I jump to that to be able to, you know, put out a fire or something like that to where, you know, it, it should probably, you know, wait till maybe, you know, half hour. Like I have email follow-ups from like 1130 to 12. Cool. And, uh, you know, sometimes you want to go try to jump on it and put out a fire where it's probably not that urgent, you know? Right. And, and, and that's, that's less, by the way, a conversation for leverage. Probably that's more about the, the feeling inside of like a lot of what we do in real estate isn't necessarily in our control, but sometimes when things come up and you want to jump on it and problem solve it, it allows you to take back a feeling of control in your day. And you're like, I'm going to go solve this. Versus like, I'm going to listen to a ringing phone for 20 minutes and listen to nobody. Am I actually making any money right now? This is weird, right? So I don't know if you find that, but that's what it is for me. But in terms of leverage, if we took your email and we were to cut it down, right? So do you use any email filters, any inbox managers, things like that? I don't actually, no. Okay. So write this down, guys. There's some tools. Google, Gmail has some stuff built in. I like SaneBox. Okay. I'm not saying this is going to stop Travis from that feeling of being compelled to check his email. That's a separate conversation. But if he does dive into his inbox, he won't see as much crap because there's a big difference between looking at your inbox and seeing 117 messages and be like, ah, and looking at and being like, there's three. Okay. I scanned it. I'm good. I can go back to doing what I'm doing prospecting. So check out SaneBox, S-A-N-E-B-O-X or uh, Google uh, Gmail has some filters. Those things alone will help you cut down on a significant amount of emails you're just looking at. Okay, the second one now, right? We're gonna adjust and abbreviate. We're gonna figure out a way with your email inbox, how, how do we condense it? Again, SaneBox does the same thing. They take all the stuff you haven't seen, they put it into a digest and it sends you a report once a day, twice a day, however often you want it. And you can scan through just, this, just the top sentence of it. I, I, mean, I don't know if I can pull it up quickly enough to show you what it looks like. Let's see if I can pull it up. Uh, Gmail. Has anyone used SaneBox, by the way? Raise your hand if you've used SaneBox. Where do you Sane go to get it? Digest. On the page. Let's see here. There we go. Please review 340 recent messages. There we go. Let's pull this up. Hold on. All right. So here's my sane box. All right. So here's my, my sane box. Unread and unimportant emails. So sane filters them, right? And I've got 340 messages to view. Uh, going very slowly. I'll pull it up in a second. Apparently my computer, there we go. We're loading a lot of stuff. This might take a few moments. Thank you, Sanebox. Here we go. 800 flowers, right? I need gift inspiration. I guess I could use gift inspiration. Do I really want that, Travis? Not really. Amazon marketing email, right? You can look at all these things here that like occasionally something good will end up in here that I really wanted, but like I can literally go through and scan through 340 emails like in a minute. Make sense? 
So when you take that stuff out of your main inbox, we're now, we're now cutting it down, we're adjusting and abbreviating, and then we're gonna go to systematize. So now we're gonna figure out a way to, and again, I'm all just harping on email. This is one little piece, but if we clear up this part of Travis's brain, it takes his anxiety, his thresh, stress level down that he can see the important stuff. And then if you do end up in your inbox, just jump back to right what you're doing. So if we're gonna systematize it, again, I leverage a piece of technology called Samebox, and I have a bunch of folders. So I don't know if you saw in my inbox, I don't know what I have in here if I can, let's see, good, I can show you this. There's nothing, nothing scary on the screen here. I got a series of folders. I got my inbox, right? And I've got Jesse important. There's 12 in there from yesterday I gotta go through. Jesse replies someday. This is my research one and this is my archive. Like I've got folders. And so I could literally myself sort things into these folders and then during my schedule blocks of time, go back to it. However, I'm leveraging another human being. So in my back office, I have someone who is empowered. So they read all my email and they sort them for me. So they go through and they drop the important ones and important and everything else I just ignore. But just in that one little component of email, do you know how much brain power I freed up? Is this making sense, guys? They, did, did, I, this was just one simple thing. So Travis, if you want to talk offline, let me know, dude. I'll happily do a training with you and, and Craig's whole team and anything you want. Um, but I want you guys to start looking critically at your own life. I know this isn't the most exciting, the most glamorous thing because it kind of takes some self-reflection and it's a little bit scary sometimes, but it can be really fun. And once you're done, it free, do you guys see how it can free up time for you to actually go spend more time with your kids, your family, the people you love when you, when you follow these step-by-step -step approach? Yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm trying to look at your faces. Did this make sense or did I lose some of you halfway? Jason says yes. Okay. <laughs> I think everyone's already diving into their life. I'm like, I got to go fix my inbox. I got to fix this. Those of you who are prone to anxiety, I apologize. I did not mean to make you look critically your entire life and question everything. I just meant to start looking at what you do. And then we can go back and we can have some fun. start the same box? What was that, Becky? Where do you go? It's sa you same, go same box. Email, no, that, you so, have to... So, Samebox is an outside service, S-A-N-E-B-O-X.com. It's like, I don't know, four bucks a month. Five, I don't know what it costs. It's... It, when I started using it a couple of years ago, like Gmail has, Gmail didn't have the filters built in a couple of years ago that Samebox currently does, right? Unroll me also the same thing. Yeah, Gabe just Gabe Cole just said unroll me is really similar. There, if you guys don't have that in your email, like just that one thing alone in terms of leverage is going to rock your world. It really will. I used to waste so many hours in email, so many hours. If it's really important, people to email you twice. Now, check your email, especially your deals on the contract. You, you got to have e emails moving forward or have someone to read it. Gabe said his goal is to empower an assistant to manage my email. I love it, except don't call it your assistant, Gabe. Want to know? I'll, I'll end with this, guys. We're right at the top of the hour. Here's my term for, my, for our assistant. You want to know what mine is called? So Gabe says operations manager. We do. We have a director of operations, right? That's, that's Autumn is our director of operations. But I used to also have an assistant who was my master of everything, my M.E., and we actually made business cards that looked like He-Man's Master of the Universe, only it said, it said his name, Master of Everything, with the He-Man logo. There you go. I know this is, I'm watching your faces. I hope this is exciting. Autumn, we might just have to use music and make a dance party to light people back up. Enjoy yourself, guys. I hope this is useful. I'll put it in the group. Let's have a discussion. Continue your day. Good to see you guys. Enjoy your day. Thank you.